Hello there, and I am so thrilled that you are joining us today. I'm Amber Griffiths, maker of Legends. And it's that time again, my friend. So grab your Legend pack, crank your speakers to 11. Welcome to Legend. This is the Get Real, Get Loud with Purpose podcast, and it's a series of conversations that explore the dreams and visions of individuals who know that their message, their story, their movement, it's all destined to become something way so much greater than themselves. They really are out there to share their voice and their message to change the world in all the best ways. And each one of our guests here has chosen to leap into speaking and into entrepreneurship and sometimes authorship, which is even more exciting, and owning their voice. And they're each have chosen to come here and share that with you today. So today I am so thrilled to invite Donna Carlson of DC3 Consulting as my guest. Donna, welcome and thank you for coming to play. It's so fun to be here, Amber. I'm just excited. I This has been way too long in coming, so I'm thrilled to have you here. I have so many questions, but let's start with very fundamental. Tell us about DC3 Consulting. Tell me what you're doing and who you serve. Thanks for asking that, because it's important to me to talk about why C3. I think DC makes sense. That's my name, Donna Carlson. But... Uh, those three elements, those three C's are instrumental to who I am, how I'm made, and what I offer the world. Um, I have been, it's been proven over time. I'm a connector. I love to connect people so that um, they can uh, cultivate ideas together. I cultivate lists of people in different industries so that when somebody calls and asks me for something, I can give them three people that they need to know. And the whole purpose of connecting and cultivating this network is so we can catalyze something bigger together than we can do alone. And a practical way that I act that out is I help people build their customer relationship strategy. How are you managing your customer relationships? Who are your lead referrals? What are your uh, lead channels? How are you managing those? How are you communicating to those? I don't do the nuts and bolts. I have social media people and, and other marketing people who can help with that. But understanding the mind of your customer and learning how to uh, really cultivate a relationship so that you build trust is how you build a business. Oh, absolutely. That's DC3. I think that is absolutely beautiful. I love that that's so much a part of your brand too, is really, we're not doing this by ourselves. Like there is always going to be, I love like your collection model, your list. That's, I feel like that feels like my, my hub model. Or I have people that I know I can lean in and rely on to, hey, you know what, come in and get on this call. We get to help this individual really get their voice out there, really create something magnificent. And it sounds like that's very much what you're doing is I don't have all the answers, but I know people who do. And I know, you know who how to connect. In my first executive uh, leadership role, I had a like a panic moment when I realized people think I have all the answers. What am I going to do? I'm the executive director. There's no place to go. There's nowhere up to go. I had a board, but they hired me so they didn't have to solve those problems. And, and then I realized I, I spoke with a friend who brought me down. She said, Donna, your job isn't to have all the answers. It's to know who they need to talk to. And as soon as I made that shift in my executive leadership role, I realized I'm just here as a facilitator. I, I'm here to connect people. And that's why when I left that job, and then I left the next job, um, which was doing the same thing. Um, I decided 
connecting people is the best way I can get back to the world. Because um, there are a few people who learn to do it, but but there are very few people who do it innately. And mm-hmm. we see each other, don't we? <laughs> we we <laughs> see each other in our pre-conversation today. You already thought of two people I needed to talk to, and I thought of somebody I need to introduce you to. And that's what I love about um, doing business with connectors, but also just training people to look for opportunities that you can help elevate somebody else. Absolutely. I, it's one of those things that I tell people, I'm like, this is your way of elevating your influence. This is leveraging your influence is really, truly, I'm not, I mean, if, if you're networking, it's a different kind of conversation. I know you're all about those conversations. We are still going to get to that. Um, but even if you're just networking, it goes beyond like, you know, what are you, who are you, what are you, who do you serve, what are you selling, can I, can I buy your stuff, can you buy my stuff, and it really is listening for those, oh, wow, I know, I can think of at least three people right now that can support you, that have been on that journey, perhaps you can support them, they can support you, either way, it's going to be this amazing collaborative effort, you're going to have a great conversation at the very least, so I think it's just, it really is, I am very hopeful for the future, because I'm meeting more and more people who feel like that, who act like that. Yes, I'm nice. hopeful. I'm hopeful. It's <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? It's it's a I, good thing in the world. It really is, and I think it alleviates a lot of stress. Like because, yeah. like you said, you don't have to have all the answers. You I, don't have to have all the information. And when you get to, in that way, where the people that you're bringing in that that hub concept of this isn't let me refer somebody out to you or let you take my client or any of that, you know, 90s mentality. But it's more we're all going to get in a circle and help. We're going to yeah. we're going to work it out. We're going to find solutions that make sense for you. So yeah. I think that is I love that that's the work that you're doing out there, Donna. I think it's just it's my favorite. Um, tell us a little bit, share, share a little bit about how you decided to start DC3 Consulting, because I, when I when I speak with entrepreneurs, often it's I'm tired of working for somebody else because I really like I'm feeling very limited. I'm feeling like there's a certain ceiling and there's a certain way of doing things and I need to stretch my wings and I need to go mm-hmm. and do my things. And sometimes it's there's more. You're making this much impact, but you could be making this much impact. So and sometimes it's a it's a combination. So talk to us a little bit about what led you from hey I'm doing this in corporate to I'm gonna do this my way on my own. Um, I told you I was going to tell you the the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So, uh, you know, I have had two different businesses and every time that I stopped those businesses and put them under a bushel to go back to work, it was because they led to an opportunity and it, it looked like a good opportunity. So I'm willing to say, okay, I'm done here. I'm going to go do this. And Thank God I don't have to market myself anymore because I would like just to show up to work and get a paycheck. And then every time I, I leave a job and go back to start a business again, it's because, gosh, I have all this experience and no one's going to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I bounced back and forth. And even people have said, man, Donna, the ping pong, my neck hurts from going back and forth between all of the things that you've done. And I had a coaching business in 2017. Um, When I took a job to run that Chamber of Commerce in 2020, I mentioned before my first chief executive role, um, the real reason I I took the job is because 
the with the all the health scare going on, um, all of my in-person trainings were canceled. All my events were canceled. I had a lot of retreats. Everything just had to come to a stop. And I said, well, either I reinvent myself online or I take a job. And there was like once again that I wanted I want to um, take a job because I'm tired. I am tired of doing all of my social media marketing strategy, execution and billing. You know, I, I did it all and I didn't hire people like I encourage people to do now. <laughs> I was trying to do it all to save money and which is ridiculous. Why do we do this to ourselves? So, um, you know, fast forward, I come back three years later, I'm in a role where um, I have been so addicted to extraordinary that mm. I stopped providing my own self-care. My body crashed. And because um, I was physically not performing up to my standards, I was also disappointing other people, which led to a mental decline, a loss of confidence. I started to, to really um, kind of go downhill. And when I ultimately left my job in March, um, I just, there was a, there's a necessary line in the sand. There's a great book called necessary endings. And that was my necessary ending from that job. And so what do you do when you stop a job on a dime? Well, you just announce that you're in a consultant. So that you don't look like a total loser. I honestly, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I thought, well, I will just start consulting until I figure it out. And, um, it's not really because I think I have everything, all um, all the answers in a row. It's just, here's something I can do and I can help this person by doing it. Oh, look, now there's somebody else who needs this. So I'm getting paid to do this. I'll, I'll just keep doing it until uh, the perfect job surfaces. But honestly, I'm 56 and I really think that um, my resume gets received by some companies in a different way than it used to. And yeah. um, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's just one of those realities. And, um, yeah. you know, if the perfect job came up, yeah, I'd consider it. But until then I keep seeing people say yes to coaching circles where I, I get a bunch of presidents in the room and we help each other through a mastermind process. Um, I see people saying yes to help me design my customer relationship strategy. Um, and I see people saying yes to speaking engagements because I have a breadth of um, experience. And that's why DC3 Consulting emerged because I'm doing all these different things. And I just needed an umbrella um, LLC to, to put them under because it was right. all mm, not, not really linear. You know? Yeah. I don't think we're linear creatures. I know that a lot of people like to go from A to B. In my space, there's so much more that is constellation than we're going to drive in the straight line. Like we can drive in a straight line, but we live and breathe and serve ascension, expansion. Like it's so much more constellation. So I love that. I love that. I think that's magnificent. I, nice. It makes me so happy too that you're willing to change. I think that's one of our biggest fears. I mean, I know there's the P word after COVID with entrepreneurs, the pivot word that scared us all. And, and there's this little part of me going, but you guys, we're going to be okay. We were born to pivot. Like that yes. is part of the entrepreneurial spirit is 
it's what lights me up is yesterday is nothing like today is, which is going to be completely different than what tomorrow's going to show up. Like, I mean, there's some constant things that I do and that I know, but the experience is so fluid that it's part of what lights me up. So for you to ping pong is a good game. So for you to go back and forth from corporate, because this is what lights you up now to stay in something that's not lighting you up or that isn't providing you with the opportunity to serve right. your best. Why are you still there? So I love that you're willing to say, so I'm going to, I'm going to shift. I'm going to change. I'm going to do something. Different. Well, and it's, it's become an instrumental part of uh, why I wrote the book that I wrote. And then we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so excited. When I stopped that job where I burned out and I started working for myself, I found in the first month that I was still working just as hard. I was skipping my walks. I was skipping my yoga workouts and mm -hmm. I had to stop and go, wait a minute. Why am I scheduling all this activity? And I started to realize that activity made me feel important and busy helped me feel like I was doing something valuable. But mm -hmm. it wasn't until I started to evaluate the ROI on my time that I decided to eliminate things from my schedule. Yep. And most importantly, making sure self-care stayed on, in a fixed position. And that doesn't mean that we don't shift. Like this morning, I had to be somewhere at seven. So I didn't do the full workout. But you right. know what? As soon as we get off the phone, I will. So right. it's just, you just just need to to learn how to make sure that you're keeping the breadth of everything um, yeah. that's important done and stop putting off for tomorrow I just sent this little reminder to a few friends about um, the the things that fill our cup in self-care. And, and one person replied back, well, one day. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, honey. That's today. Yeah, someday is never going to come. Just add one thing. Just pick yeah. one thing on that list and add it today. Don't, don't hold off until you end up in the hospital. Oh, which is a, which is a real concern. It's a we real thing. We work ourselves into a hospital bed, into a sick bed, or mm -hmm. we pretend like nothing's wrong and we don't actually go get the help, which leads me to your book, which makes me so happy that you're writing this because this is such, to say that this is an important conversation is an absolute understatement. So tell us about Crazy As Usual. Well, first of all, the title just tells you exactly how I felt most of my life. I grew up um, in a very chaotic home, and I um, often say that I was orphaned four times because I was orphaned first by alcohol, and so my parents were never fully present as parents. But then um, my mom left when I was 12. My dad raised us for a few years, but he had early onset Alzheimer's, so he died when I was 16. Then I was raised by sisters. So it was chaotic, and none of us had a good emotional compass growing up. We didn't learn how to process things. It was a very bootstrap mentality. We're from Texas. We can do anything. Just put on your boots. Stop complaining. And so I learned how to just muscle through life. And I didn't know what I was doing wrong till I got in trouble for it. Either trouble or criticized. Like the I write about this the very first time um I learned about thank you notes and not to say that my aunt didn't call every year saying, did you get my Christmas present? Cause you haven't called yet. And I'm like, Oh yes, they got your Christmas present. Um, this was um, a case where I was a freshman in college. 
I was sitting there eating peanut butter and crackers because I was on the 10 meal a week plan. Remember, I had no parents. I put myself through college and um, my roommate moved in. They unpacked and um, then announced well, we're going to go to dinner. Have you had dinner yet? And I paused. I'm like, I'm not going to lie, but I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm begging to go to dinner. That I just said, yes, ma'am, I have. And she looked at my peanut butter and said, is that your dinner? And I said, yes, ma'am, it is. <laughs> so she said, you're coming with us. So my roommate asked me, um, it's like two days later, how come you haven't sent a thank you note to my mom? And I went, oh, uh, oh, okay. Can I have her address? <laughs> you know, yeah. I had no idea. And and I felt that's just a really good example of how I went through life not knowing I was doing something wrong till somebody shamed me for it. And that's why I felt crazy. And um I I I talk about the monkeys in the book because the chatter that I hear in my head that says you're stupid or I can't believe you did that or you're not smart enough, you're not qualified to do that. You're not qualified to be a consultant. Um, all those voices in my head sounded like monkey chatter. And if you've ever been to the zoo at feeding time, it gets deafening. Mm -hmm. It's like it goes up in decibel. And especially when they start fighting over a banana or something. So um, I have found that using the monkeys to talk about that chatter in my head resonates with so many people. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we do. We we feel crazy. And, and when somebody asks how your day is, I can say crazy as usual. If they really want to know, they'll ask the second question. Right. But most people understand. Uh, and, and it's great to now have a community of people where we can talk about the monkeys. And it's good that. to have words to use around that crazy mm -hmm. feeling that we get. I think it's one of those really beautiful things about entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. no, it's not always the case. Um, I had probably, I had probably been in business for seven years up for myself. And I walked into a networking event where I didn't know anybody. And a woman said, so how are you? And it took me a second because I realized she was waiting for my answer. And like, it completely threw me because I'm, I had been in a very masculine, not because men, men don't know how to do this, but it, it was a very masculine, cold, sterile environment where, that I had been networking in. And how are you was a greeting. It was, it was a greeting. They don't expect an answer. Mm -hmm. No, they weren't going to listen anyway. Nobody was going to say anything other than, oh, just great. Or, you know, I'm I'm working hard or whatever it was. They're very standard salutations. But realizing that this woman was waiting for me to respond because she cared about the answer, it threw me. It, and, it and I joined on the spot. I stayed there for another eight years, <laughs> even probably past what I maybe should have moved on because I, I had outgrown it. But just that simple... I asked an important question, simple question, and waited for the answer. I mean, you talked about if they really want to know, they'll ask a second time, or they'll ask the second question, or the deeper question. I would love to be able to create a world where every single question is that deeper. More, and not because you have to bleed and dump all over everybody. Like, I don't, you know, there's a time for your sob story, but there's also a time for being very real and honest and saying, I'm struggling today. Today's a little rough. And I know I, I think you mentioned masterminds and, and conversation circles, and I want you to talk to me about the, is it Fridays at five? Yeah. Is that the concept? Because sometimes when you've got a network of 80 people and they're clanging and maybe there's a meal involved or whatever, that's a lot of pressure. But yeah. if you can make it a smaller circle where yeah. you can create that trust of, I'm going to bear some of my pains here knowing that I will not be judged or shamed for it. So talk to me about your Fridays at five concept. You know, um, 
the um, name kind of evolved by accident when I was writing the story. It's a com it's a conversation between two executive women, actually one executive and one retired CEO. And they form this commitment to meet every Friday at five. And so I, I just decided, okay, Fridays at five is going to be how we create connection out of this book, kind of a little mini book club meeting where it's a guided conversation. Um, we had one um, before I actually published the book to talk about what's coming and why monkeys and boy, the connections in that room, it was, the energy was so high with everyone connecting and finding out more about each other. One woman said, I've been afraid to launch this business, but after talking with women tonight about functional nutrition, I finally found out who my market is. It's women who are burnt out in the workplace. So it was so affirming to hear that people are making these discoveries. And then I created one in October and we went to a local boutique that is very popular in town. And we talked about body shame issues. We drank, we stood there drinking champagne, talking about body shame, about the monkeys. And then we said, okay, now go shopping. And all we're going to do is tell each other how fabulous you look in that outfit or no, definitely not that. And, and it was just so much fun. So the one I have in December is really around the monkeys in the holidays. Cause we know, we all know we have, they pile up, you know, the stuff that happens at the dinner table and the roles that we usually play. And do I have to play that role? Can I play a different role this year? So yeah. that's going to be fun. Oh, that I, I, there's so much about that that I love. Because you're right, I think that there's those standard roles and we play them in our personal lives, we play them in our business lives. And there is this standard script of when we engage with other people in business that mm -hmm. has just got to be burned. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. just, it's not enough to throw it away. We must torch it, have a party, dance around the bonfire naked, whatever that ritual looks like, and just get rid of it and realize that every single person has their stuff, has their monkeys, yeah. and those monkeys are flinging nasty stuff around in your brain. I, uh... Well Go ahead. So the reason that it's good to trot out the monkeys a little bit within a framework, like in five words, what's something that you need to put on the shelf in order to be fully focused for the meeting today? And the reason we do that is so that everyone in the room knows grandma died on Friday. If I respond with extra emotion to something that you say or do, it's not necessarily what you said. It's within the the backwash of grandma just died and I'm emotionally fragile. So right. if we can just allow that much humanity in a workplace, imagine how it changes the way we interact. Because then when I cry because Tom over here um, criticized my project, he's not going to go, oh my gosh, she's so, so emotional. She's going to say, oh, she's, her grandma just died. I just need to give her a little space, you know? Yeah. That's Hopefully. huge. Context is everything. I mm -hmm. think that's as somebody who has a tendency to cry when I'm angry and when I'm just so completely moved that all the emotions come out of my eyeballs. Like I just can't. Yes, um, yes exactly. I was, the, I was at the conference just last week and a guy walked by and he's like, are you still upset? And I'm like, A, you just pushed now. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a five day conference. I'm exhausted. Yeah. There's been so much content and so much breakthrough going on and emotional stuff. I mean, you just touch it. Yes, I'm still I'm still working out stuff. Yes. I'm sorry if you're this cold block that doesn't feel anything. And he's probably feeling stuff, but he processes it differently. So being able to, you're right, being able to say, 
I just came back from a conference where I slept very little, absorbed all kinds of emotional stuff and absorbed all kinds of stuff that I can go use my business. I'm excited about what happens next. Yeah. Yep. It's coming out my eyes. Yep. Look away. If it bothers you, look away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Naturally. I uh, was in a car accident a few weeks ago and executive function took over and I got out safely and I got the car and, and you know, everything worked out better than you can imagine. But three days later, I just start crying for no reason. And thankfully, I have friends in the mental health field. <laughs> and they're like, Donna, that's natural. It's been like three days. All the adrenaline is worn off. Would you just let yourself take a nap? And I'm like, okay. I really just had to take it easy for about a week. We it's, have to just self-care again. Yeah. And self-care isn't just massages and pedicures, although those are important pieces. Boundaries. Oh, I'll take a massage and a pedicure. Oh, great. <laughs> right. Like that sounds well, like a good thing. And, with a really good massage, I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> yes. Yes. You don't yeah. realize how much you've held up until you get this space where I have a tendency to cry on planes. Like, and not loud, but just the tears just roll. And I realize it's because I'm in a space where I can't do anything. Yeah. I have no Amber, you and I can hang out together anytime. Oh, my gosh. Um, we'll and just I, share tissues. Clearly, this has just been building up. I'm fine. I feel fine. I can talk just fine. My eyes are just overwhelmed because it's everything that's happened in the last two weeks are just getting all ready to go with the excitement all those things yeah this is an important process that's how i happen to process it um we may have to have a second conversation donna because this is so fascinating i want to make sure that people know they can get your book it's crazyasusual.com is that correct that's my website and if you Absolutely. search crazy as usual on amazon it's probably going to be the first one that comes up it's a crazy enough title Excellent. But my website oh, yeah. has um, connections to that Amazon page and also more about my speaking engagements. And um, ultimately, when I get the podcast launched, then you can come on my podcast and we can talk about your monkeys. All the monkeys. I, I absolutely, for those of you who are listening, who have associations, who have small groups, who have companies that you know, mental health and self-care and all those becoming Becoming burned out is a real thing. So I invite you, reach out to Donna. We'll make sure we have all of her contact information in the show notes. Reach out to her, get her on your stage, get her in front of your people. Working with this woman and speaking with Donna, my friends, there's no shame or judgment in this. It's we're all in this together. Let's figure out how we take care of it. So Donna, I just thank you so much for coming on and sharing your genius and sharing your story. I love hearing about it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, we could do part two. That would be great. Oh, okay. It's a date. We're going to figure it out because we still have to talk about food. We like, we haven't even got there. And that's one of my favorite. Oh topics. my goodness. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Today, my friends, we have been speaking with Donna Carlson. And I want to thank you for being here, sharing your story, your voice. And for those listening, there have been brilliant gems dropped throughout this. So I hope that at least one of them has found its way into your heart and inspires you to take action today. Until I get to speak with you again, as always, rock on.